Hello and welcome to the Going Cast, your weekly feel-good podcast with movie reviews, music, stories, and more. I'm your host, Andrew Logan, and let's dive right into it. Bit of a shorter episode this week here on the Going Upcast. I got a couple movies to talk about, some songs to share with you, and that's about it. Reason this episode's so short is because yesterday was my birthday, so I've been fairly distracted. But if you want to listen to past episodes or the Harry Potter audiobooks, check out goingcast.com for more delicious content before next week's episode. But for now, let's listen to this week's episode. I want to take you back to the long, long ago past of 2010, I think. Too lazy to look it up. Anyway, the third How to Train Your Dragon movie came out, and it's pretty good. I really like the How to Train Your Dragon trilogy. Uh, I very much appreciate the fact that it appears to be done. Like, don't get me wrong. I love the How to Train Your Dragon movies, and I would love to see more of them. But I also fully recognize and respect a studio that recognizes when they've told the stories they want to tell... And fucking stop. And that's it. They're not gonna fucking drag this shit through the mud like they did with Shrek or Madagascar or what they're currently doing with Kung Fu Panda. This had a beginning, a middle, and an end with its three movies. There's a wonderful little epilogue-esque cap ender at the end of this film that is simply superb. It's probably the best part of the entire movie. And I love the fact that it left me satisfied and happy. Unlike a lot of things that end and you just have that un like ending craving for more. Like... Avatar The Last Airbender had its three seasons, and then it stopped. Don't get me wrong, I would have loved to see more of it, but at the same time, it told the story I wanted to tell, and then that was it. And any sort of, like, lingering feelings of more that I wanted, I got with Korra, um, which was good in its own right, but didn't really, like, eh, you know, it had its time, I saw it, I'm glad I saw it, don't need to really see it again. And the How to Train Your Dragon movies are excellent films like it's i can't think of many trilogies where each one was awesome and nailed it like that's that's rarefied air very few movies have in like us uh success with each of its installments um star wars definitely doesn't uh if you don't count the hobbit movies you could say the lord of the rings does harry potter definitely doesn't like you know how to train a dragon is kind of in a in a league of its own in, in that regard, and I love it for that. It has a lot of very strong emotional notes. Um, you have a lot of great moments in this particular film. I will say, there there is one thing that I kept noticing whilst I was watching this movie. Number one, there are pretty much, outside of Hiccup, Astrid, and Toothless, I don't really know who anybody is, what their names are, their relationship like it's you know there's like there's there's the twins and then there's like the fat one and then there's the the uh, like the douchey one i don't know their names i've seen all the movies but i still don't really know these characters and i know there is a netflix show uh indeed there has been six seasons of the netflix show it's called uh, how to train your dragon race to the edge actually i believe it's just called dragon's race to the edge yeah um and I am going to start watching it because I heard it was good and it's over. It did six seasons on Netflix and then they ended it. Um, and it takes place in between uh, movie one and movie two of the How to Train Your Dragon series. So it takes place in that kind of uh, ethereal um, bit of the show. 
or, or of the um the the movies, which makes sense because Hiccup grows up quite a bit between uh, movies one and two. I think he ages something like five years. Uh, and that's another thing I really appreciate about the How to Train Your Dragon movies is that there is serious, tangible progression and consequences to the actions of these movies. Movie one, Hiccup loses a leg. Uh, in movie two, he grows up a lot older and then his dad dies. And then movie three, because it's a reason I'm not going to tell you what happens, but it puts a really nice cap and on the whole franchise and you see serious, tangible character progression in each and every movie. Moments of these films seem filler-esque, but there's always movement forward in the story. So much so that they've told the story and they're done. Like, in the beginning, Hiccup isn't ready to be chief, and by the end, he absolutely steps up to the mantle. You know, it has this wonderful character arc that has a satisfying conclusion, and I love it for that. That being said, like, if you were to really nitpick this movie, yeah, you could probably find several issues. Um, for me, number one is I don't know who these fucking characters are or why I really should care. Um, or the fact that the, the villain and the overall, um, plot of the third film is relatively thin. Um, the first two acts of the film are fine. It's really the ending that really kind of captures it all together. So yeah, the third film is absolutely necessary because it wraps this up so nicely, but in terms of what really occurs in the film, it felt more like something I would have expected to see in the Netflix show. And I will hopefully solve that mystery here in a little bit when I start watching it. But it is excellent. I would highly recommend it. I know by the time you guys hear this, Captain Marvel has come out, and I will probably talk about Captain Marvel in this very episode. But I do want How to Train Your Dragon, um, The Hidden World, to have its moment in the sun because it's absolutely worth watching. It was a wonderful film. It almost made me cry a couple of times. And I salute DreamWorks for having the the nobility and the, the knowledge to say farewell to a wonderful movie franchise. Apparently, pretty fantastic Netflix show. And I hope the people that made this movie or these movies in this show um, get uh, their hands on something new and interesting. Um, because the How to Train Your Dragon story, like I read that book when I was a kid. And my memory of the How to Train Your Dragon book is very similar to my memory of the Fantastic Beasts book in that it's little more than uh, like an encyclopedia of dragon types with some loose kind of notes from the the uh, like the air quotes author um the book was written air quotes by hiccup um it was actually written by um the actual person who wrote it but it's all played like it's like a journal from hiccup um haddock horrible the third i believe was what the actual uh, full name of hiccup is and that's my memory of it it's a very loose collection of story-esque um Information And the fact that they could extrapolate from that source material to create these incredible stories is a testament. And it's something that Fantastic Beasts is missed the boat completely on. Because How to Train Your Dragon are wonderful films. And I love them to pieces. But at the same time, How to Train Your Dragon doesn't have to compete with Harry Potter. Um, How to Train... In my opinion, like if I had to watch one or the other, I'd probably watch How to Train Your Dragon. Because there, it's, it's a tighter story. The movies were more successful at being good movies, in my opinion. Um, and say what you will about Harry Potter and all of its, you know, longevity and impact on the cultural sphere. But 
this is this is just more it's more satisfying i'll say and this may be a little biased on my part because i have begun to really dislike harry potter from reading the books i'll love it forever but man i'm done i'm done with that i have no desire to see any of the fucking fantastic beast movies at all i'm i'm out i've i've had my moment with you and now i've moved on and how do you train your dragon has told its story the final chapter rests along the bookshelf of A-plus movies. Each one was in the 90s on Rotten Tomatoes. They're all incredible films. Even if you've never seen them, now's the best time. You can just watch them all. And hopefully soon, I'll let you know if the fucking Netflix show is any good. Um, I'm really excited to kind of dive into that and take a look at it. Um, could be good, could be bad. I remember Voltron starting off really strong, and then apparently people hated it at the end. So... We shall have to wait and see. Um, I think it's got most of the original cast coming back. So, pretty excited. Pretty excited. Anyway, go watch How to Train Your Dragon 3. Highly recommend it. Uh, but if you don't get the opportunity to see it in theaters... Um, oh, actually, you know what? Now think about it. This is absolutely one of the films you should see in theaters. Um, some of the visual spectacle that they are able to pull off um, really is done justice on the big screen. So, you're you're probably going to want to wanna see this one in theaters. Just... I can think of some of those scenes where it's just, it's a, it's a visual feast. So yeah, go check it out in theaters. Uh, don't wait for, don't wait for Netflix for this one. You want to see this on the big screen. Anyway, let's move on to the next thing in the podcast. This week for songs of the week, I got two fucking folky songs for you guys to listen to. First song is from all-time favorite band, and the second song is the song came out like three days ago, and we're going to talk about both of them. First up is the cover, which comes to us from Great Big C, Sea of No Cares, which is a fifth studio album they released in 2002, and I'm going to talk about the title track, Sea of No Cares. And it's, it's a wonderful song about how, you know what, sometimes you just need to throw caution to the wind, not give a shit, and do what makes you happy, regardless of all other external circumstances or influences. It's a beautiful song. Uh, it's one of my all-time favorites. I can't say enough good things about Great Big C, so let's listen to my cover, See You No Cares. song i want to talk about this week it came to us from my spotify new releases playlist which is updated every friday and it comes out with all like the hey this band just dropped a new album you should check it out and i always check out those songs to see what hits the chord with me and what doesn't and i heard quite a bit of new music but this band really stuck with me which i think is interesting because it is in german everything they sing is in german there is no english lyrics as far as i can tell on their on this album it is called um <clears throat> in Yener Nacht 
which I believe is this night translated uh, from from German to English. And I'm gonna talk about that song. It's a band called D'Artagnan, which is the name of the protagonist uh, from the Three Musketeers. Way back, yeah, some literature stuff in here. And they describe themselves as musketeer folk. I would say rock, folk rock, Celtic rock, that kind of that kind of genre. But D'Artagnan's a really great example of not needing to speak the language in order to appreciate the music. Um, you get a little bit of that with music all over the place, but D'Artagnan really kind of um, kind of hits home. It's got some really beautiful stuff, and I was a really big fan, so I'm listening to them quite a bit. And it's it's almost gotten to the point where I'm like, I want to know what they're singing about because musically it's awesome, and I love like the vocals and stuff like that. And they actually remind me quite a bit of Great Big C, which is why I'm grouping them together. But D'Artagnan, D-A-R-T-A-G-N-A-N, on Spotify, you can check them out. Highly recommend them. And if you got a song or a cover that you want to submit for Song of the Week, please feel free to shoot me a message. Shoot me a message at goncast@gmail.com or use the contact page at goncast.com. And we'll talk about music next time. And go enjoy the the playlist. You can check it out. The Goncast Song of the Week playlist. It's found on Spotify or goncast.com forward slash songs. Move on to the next thing in the podcast. So I just went and saw the 21st film in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Captain Marvel, and it's pretty good, I gotta say. So, my initial impact from the film was pretty positive. Um, I definitely had some things where I thought uh, Brie Larson's performance was a little wooden at times. Um, I felt like I didn't really have a firm grasp on the character and it seemed more that they were the embodiment of like characteristics or character traits, but it didn't really feel like those were natural parts of the character, which might come from the fact that most of the movie, even she doesn't really know who she is. So there's there's an argument to be made there for sure. Um, I, I enjoyed the film for the changes it made to the established lore of the Marvel Cinematic Universe and the original comic books. Like, it talks about the scroll and the Kree, and I believe it flips the script on that. It got into more of a Nick Fury stuff. Um, it, it definitely, it definitely brought some, some elements to the MCU that, were potentially missing, but much like Rogue One, I feel like these were elements that never really needed to be explained. Do you know what I mean? Where it's like that movie answered questions that nobody really needed the answers to, like um how uh how they really got the Death Star plans. It's just kind of like really this is really all right, whatever. I mean it's fine that we have those answers, but it wasn't like those were keeping me up at night. You know, they were nice to have for sure. And performance-wise, everybody did a pretty good job. Um, I know Brie Larson can act, and pretty much right up until the end, she kind of has, like, you're not really sure where her, like, beliefs and stuff are, but she figures it out in the end, and then by that time, you're just like, yeah, right, I'm on board with Captain Marvel, and I can't wait to see her in um, Endgame, because I think she's going to shine and be super fun and awesome. Um, in an ensemble situation. So that's all well and good. It definitely jumps around with its um, timelines a lot. Um, it, like the pre 
Earth memories and like the post Kree stuff. Definitely has some some bouncing back and forth, but you're never lost or confused. The movie never really slows down. It kind of keeps going and going. It goes from scene to scene to scene. And there's no, like, drag. There's no moment where I was bored. Something was always happening. And that's awesome. There's not a lot of movies that do that. Every now and then you'll be sitting there and going like, God, this is long. But, like, I never once checked my watch to see how long we'd been sitting in the theater. And I usually do that for some movies. You know, if I start to get a little bored, I'll be like, oh, God. But not with Captain Marvel. It was pretty, it was pretty entertaining and kept your focus the whole way through. So I'll applaud it for that. It's it's tough to say, especially at this point with there being so fucking many of them, where this falls in terms of like origin stories and stuff like that. I think I enjoyed it more than the Ant-Man films. Um, if it wasn't for Ragnarok, I'd say I'd enjoy it more than the Thor films. I would say, I would say it's like B's, the like the B range of Marvel films. It's it's not quite an A, but it's not a C either. It's it's a it's a good B. It's a good solid B. Um, it, it hits a lot of notes, but it at the same time it's also it also didn't like blow my mind with stuff. Granted, I'm not a hundred percent super familiar with Captain Marvel as the comic book character, so perhaps diehard fans found more like in jokes and stuff like that that the average person would have missed, and maybe that increases its its enjoyment factor. I'm not sure. Um, I think the special effects were rad. I loved this uh, when she finally got like in her own with her powers. She proved to be quite the force. And I look forward to seeing her just fucking whip Thanos up and down the universe. I think it'll be pretty great. So yeah, definitely worth seeing. Um, I'd say it's worth seeing in theaters as well. But you know, if you don't see this thing in theaters soon, you've got like a month and a week before Endgame comes out. And you should stay for the for the mid credit scene like after the fancy credits before the black and white stuff scrolls up you can stay for the other one but it doesn't really add a whole lot i'll say i don't i don't want to tell you what it is for spoilers but it doesn't really add a whole heck of a lot sorry i'm very sleepy um so you know you could probably give that one a pass and be be perfectly fine but yeah go check out captain marvel and uh let's move on to the next thing of the podcast Another batch of Harry Potter chapters. We are rapidly approaching the end of book five. We've got chapter 28, Snape's Worst Memory. Chapter 29, Career Advice. And chapter 30, Grop. There's a good bunch of chapters here. Moment of the week I want to talk about is a little bit more about my favorite blonde pods from Slytherin. I was about to say Snape, but it's not. It's Malfoy. Let's talk about Malfoy. The Inquisitorial Squad Granger. Said Malfoy pointing out a tiny silver eye upon his robes just beneath his prefect badge. A select group of students who are supportive of the Ministry of Magic, hand-picked by Professor Umbridge. You shouldn't be Headmaster Umbridge. Pay the right respects, Malfoy! Otherwise, you're never going to be the head of the drama department like you've always dreamed. Like you've always dreamed! I'm going to do Fiddler on the Roof like nobody's ever seen. Anyway. Um. God. My, I love that headcanon. Malfoy, keep keep believing in yourself, man. You'll make it one day, I promise. You just gotta keep creating. Anyway. So, that's just good life advice for anybody. So, Godspeed, Malfoy. Godspeed, you beautiful bastard. Anyway. 
Anyway, members of the Inquisitorial Squad do have the power to dock points. So, Granger, I'll have five from you for being rude about our new headmistress. You would di- Alright, whatever. Point was made. Macmillan, five for contradicting me. Five, because I don't like you, Potter. Weasley, your shirt's untucked, so I'll have another five for that. And Oh yeah, I forgot you're a mudblood, Granger, so ten for that. Ron pulled out his wand, but Hermione pushed it away, whispering, Don't! Wise move, Granger, breathed Malfoy. New head, new times. Be good now, Potty. Weasel King. Ernie. Granger. Mudblood. Yes. Mm. Have you guys heard my new podcast? Anyway. <laughs> I've really gotten into... <laughs> I've really gotten into making my own jigsaw puzzles. It, you know, I know we're enemies, but it would really mean a lot to me if you, uh... If you could give me some feedback. You know, I was... Crab and Goyle can't put the pieces together. I need someone with brains to put this puzzle together. It's a portrait I drew. Look at it. It's me and my family. It's me and my dad and there's my mom on our on our mansion. It's good. I like the contrast of the sky to the to the lawn here. It's really insightful into the kind of dichotomistic relationship I possess with my internal struggle and public persona I'm expected to maintain. I just realized that I've kind of faded away from Malfoy and Mr. Plinkett. Star Wars is a movie about Spice. Anyway. Three brand new Harry Potter chapters drop every Wednesday. Roughly pretty late at night. Really depends um, on when I get back from D&D and if I remember or not. So, you know, it's pretty fickle. It's pretty inconsistent. But there you got three brand new chapters. Anyway, let's move on to the next thing in podcast. Finally, this week, I wanted to talk about something I did to celebrate my birthday, because the day you're hearing this is the day after my birthday. So, you missed it. Good job. Anyway, I went to do yet another escape room, because I just can't get enough of those little things. And we went to a place, fuck, over in Redmond, Washington, called Quest something, I don't know. You Google, you'll find it. Um, and we did the, the Pirates of the Caribbean themed room where you started in a brig and there were a couple of rooms there and everything was cool and made of wood and stuff like that and I had a lot of fun. We escaped with 15 minutes to spare so I'm not sure if it was really easy or if they gave us like really good hints or if we're just real smart. But we did manage to escape with 15 minutes to spare so that's pretty good. Um, I really enjoyed the theming of that particular location. It was had these uh, these screens in the wall where you could watch the water kind of move up and down, and it really felt like you were on a ship. The the atmosphere was really solid, and uh, had a lot of fun. Had a lot of fun. That's probably gonna be the last escape room for a little while here. And this was the Going Up Cast. I know it's a bit of a shorter episode, but I've been very busy. I don't want to make excuses, and I always felt like I would deliver whatever message I wanted to that week and not add in pointless filler for no reason. So, talked about some movies, listened to some songs, some new Harry Potter chapters, and I talked a little about... So thank you all very much for listening. You can follow me on Instagram at @andrewlogan and stuff. It's like Andrew underscore Logan underscore letter N underscore stuff. Uh, you can also find me on Twitter at, at GrowingUpCast. And you can listen to the new Harry Potter chapters that will drop tomorrow night. Three brand new chapters. 
getting pretty close to the end of book five, and then book six will begin. Talk to y'all a little later on.